thank you everybody for joining us. Um, obviously, a hi- happy Father's Day to those that are joining us, either live stream and services. And I just want to take a minute, minute to explain that we finished up our Revelation series last week, and then next week we're going to dive into a marriage series. Matt's going to kick it off next Sunday. And this is just going to be a time where I want to bring us closer together to realize that not only is this a sermon for fathers. Um, Obviously, I want it to be explained to men that it is a special day for us, but we still have the calling to be leaders in our home. But I don't want you to think this is just for men. This is for men, women, husbands, fathers, husbands, wives, mothers, daughters. It's for everybody to realize what can we do to better ourselves to be better Christians. And I mean, I think David had a couple of really good stories where he's talking about his children being led right. I mean, when you have your kids that are going above and beyond to give offering, or you're, you know, you're playing a little game with them and their response beats you in faith, I mean, I feel like that's something that's done right. You're, you're parenting right, and that should be the goal as a parent to be the mother and father you're called to be to raise your kids. So I just want to take the little time we have today to uh, dive into what does the Bible talk about being a father. So we'll kick it off with... Uh, when I learned I was doing this, I did some research on the secular world to see what do fathers, what good traits do fathers have. So got on Ask Men and saw the top 10 traits that are made for a good father. So he teaches his children to appreciate things. He's open-minded, accepts that his kids aren't exactly like him, spends quality time with his children, leads by example, and for a minute, I want to take time to tell the guys and, and moms, if you guys want to just look through this list, and there's five more, and score yourself. See if these ten things are things that you can say that you do. You know, do you, do you really do that by, do you lead by example? Are you really spending quality time with them? Is your phone more important than your children? You know, really think about what in your world can you change to make sure that you are devoting more time to your children. So there's this five, and then the rest of it is that you're supportive and loyal, you challenge your kids, you teach your kids lessons, you protect your family no matter what, and the last one is that you show unconditional love. I mean, it's a great list, um, but obviously I don't think there should be anything more important than being a Christian-led father, that you are raising your children, you are leading your wife, you are being a man who is challenging others to grow in their faith whether it's in work, whether it's at home, whether it's at church. You know, what are you doing to be a better Christian? So then that got me into uh, reading the Bible and just what does the Bible say about being a man of God? So we'll talk about what it takes or what makes a good Christian father. So I have a handful of ideas here and then some scripture to back up what my thoughts are. So we'll start with that you're able to lead your family in faith. So... Obviously, the importance that you have in being the man of the house is by far the most important role you have in your family. If you can't be able to lead your family, they're, they're going to fall away. So it's so important that you are engaging with your wife, engaging with your children. And if you don't have that, if you're not married, if you don't have kids, like there's still people around you that you are leading. So let's jump into 1 Corinthians so this is out of 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, where it talks about be on guard, stand firm in faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. 
So, and if you, this is out of the NLT, but if you read out of the ESV, and if you see that C up there after courageous, that I realized after reading, I wanted to dive more into what this verse meant. And in place of courageous, in some versions you'll have, be a man, be men. I mean, the Bible is literally telling us to be men and be on guard by standing firm in the faith. So I would just challenge you that to really look at your life and are you on on guard and are you standing firm in the faith? And just allow that nothing is going to come between you and God and you're going to lead your family. So... And when I got to reading about this, I kind of, I think I might have misread it. I'm sure there's a lot of different ways you can read it. But I kind of read it from the perspective at first of when I need to be on guard and I need to stand firm in the faith, I need to be doing that for my wife and children. I need to be making sure that whatever I am doing is done so to protect them, to guide them, to lead them, when in reality, this is for us too. I mean, we've got to be on guard as men in our own lives to make sure that there's nothing that's going to come between us and God and that there's nothing that's going to hinder us from growing closer to God. So I would just really challenge you to think about if you're on guard, what areas has your guard been let down in that you need to pick it back up and what do you need to do to grow closer to God? On top of that, obviously leading your family and then you have to be showing this love for your wife and your children. And then this is out of Psalms where it talks about children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. I mean, obviously, I see a lot of parents here. I'm sure there's parents that are hopefully watching with their children online. But just think about the importance you have as a parent and how much of a role you have in bringing up these kids right. I mean, once again, going back to David's story, I mean, that's a man that's kids are raised according to the Bible. I mean, compared to stories where it's like, what am I doing to raise my kids right? And am I, can I see from the way they are growing that they are growing closer or not? And then it's the same way for our wives, guys. I mean, just talks about here in Ephesians 5 where just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, we are called to love our wives in the same way. So I would just challenge you to really be thinking about what can you be doing as a man of God to be growing your wife's faith? How can you lead her? How can you pray for her? What can you do in your life to make it easier for her to follow God? And I just hope that you guys can realize that and, you know, be touching base with her. You know, how's your day going? What can I be doing to pray for you? What can I do around the house to be helping? And, you know, obviously kids get tiring. It gets hard to communicate sometimes. But just don't let your love for your wife change over time. And then on top of that, we're going to just be guys, you know, men and women that live, live lives showing the grace given to us through Jesus. So this is one of the highlights I want you guys to take away from this. This is out of Colossians where he's talking about live wisely among those who are non-believers and make the most out of every opportunity. When you have that, I mean, obviously, we all have work. We all have places where we are in the minority as a Christian. So I would just implore you and encourage you that in those settings, whether it's work, whether it's a hobby, whatever it is where you are, that you are taking the time to make it known that you're a Christian. 
and make it known that you are a Christian that can answer the questions that they have for you. And live a life that shows that. If you have a coworker that's looking to you to grow in their faith, and then you're telling them you're a Christian, you go to church and you all do all these things, and then the life you live doesn't reflect that at work, it's going to make it hard for that person to say that you are the Christian that I'm going to look to grow. So I would just encourage you guys to make sure that not only are we taking every opportunity to grow in the workplace, but we are putting the gospel out there for everybody that will hear. And I shared this in the last service and want to share it again where we talk about every opportunity. And you hear every once in a while about, hey, you know, people towards the end of their life, what is something you wish you had done or you wish you had known or you wish you knew how many times something happened. But when you talk about making the most of every opportunity, one thing that just bothers me so much is thinking about if I got to the end of my life and thinking about every missed opportunity I've had to share the gospel that was brought up to me and I dismissed it. Think about all the coworkers that I've had, all the family I've had, all the interactions wherever, and think about all the times that somebody brought their needs to me and I didn't respond with the gospel. And that's just something I want to make sure that as we're reading about is that we're not taking that for granted. We are pushing through. We are praying for people. We're reading the Bible with people. We're answering questions people have about faith and challenging them. Hey, this is what we believe. This is what we know. This is how you need to get there. And not only saying it, but living it. So I would just encourage you guys to really think about that and be the Christian you're supposed to be. And then on top of that, I'm reading a bunch of D.L. Moody. He was a guy, I think he lived in the 19th century-ish. So I'm reading a couple of his books. And there's a couple of quotes I had of his, but this is one that I just really thought applied to our sermon today where it says, a man ought to live where everybody knows he's a Christian. And most of all, his family ought to know. And that kind of ties right back to what we were just talking about where if you are truly a Christian who lives it out at work, and you live it out all the time, there's never going to be any doubt that your coworkers know you're a Christian. There's going to be no doubt that your friends who don't go to church with you know you're a Christian. And more importantly is that if you're going to be this Christian, is that your family knows it. And just really want to challenge you guys with, if some of your family might not know that, what can you do to change that? I would just encourage you guys to be reading your Bible daily, be praying, be getting involved with the church. We have a lot of teams here. Obviously, you know, with the COVID going on, we're not as involved, but we still have a lot of places for people to get plugged into. And the thing I found out about that is that when you get involved with the tech team, when you get involved with the building and grounds team, you meet other Christians. You meet people you might not have talked to before. You grow closer as a team. And then you get to see, you know, the results of your teamwork through all sorts of projects. So I would just really encourage you guys to be taking that next step to making sure you are involved in the church and you are getting to the point where everybody knows that you are a Christian. And then kind of leading along with this, we're, that, we're the examples to those around us of what it means to be a Christian. And then kind of just like the last verse, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. I would just once again encourage you that think about, you know, where you are, where you're working, what you're doing, 
and what opportunities are you going to have, and can you choose the road that leads you away from God or choose the road that is God. And I just want you to really think about that in all the conversations you have at work, you know, and just think about it. How can I approach this from the side of God? How can I have this difficult conversation and still do it through the grace given to us through Jesus? And I would just really hope that you guys are able to do that and just really think on what can I do as a Christian that everything I do and say is done in Christ. Then our last one, this is just, this is the most basic understanding of what a Christian should mean, is that you love and you put God above everything else. There's nothing in our world that is as important as God. There's no political stance you can take that's going to be above the gospel. There's no amendment that's more important than the gospel. And there are so many people who get misguided on what's important now, and they lose faith in God, and they put it above God. Where when you live, and you love, and you have a life that puts God at the center of it, everything else is going to fall into place. So we're going to read out of Matthew and Deuteronomy here. And Matthew here in 22, 37, it talks about, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I mean, obviously, after that, there's nothing else more important. Is that you take God and you put him above everything else. You pray. You ask him to help you and guide, guide you in all of your journeys. In all of the journeys as a father, as a mother, as a son and a daughter, and as a husband and wife. Just whatever you're doing, you are doing it to be closer to God. So and then if you also you'll read that same verse here in Deuteronomy 6, 5, where, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So, I mean, kind of throughout the whole Bible, you'll see that theme that putting God first is the answer to leading your life. So then we also, we'll probably just read 6 and 7 here, but reading off of that Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is after 6, 5, we're going to read probably 6 and 7 where we talk about, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I have given you today. There is no excuse for you to be living a life where the commands given to us through God aren't followed through daily. And then repeat them again and again to your children. I mean, I think David's example is a prime example of that, of if you're going to live a life devoted to God, you're going to have your kids willingly giving more in the offering, not even thinking about it. You're going to have kids asking questions about stuff, and their answers are going to be faith-based. I mean, when you see that in your kids, you know you're doing something right. And so I would just encourage you to kind of challenge yourself to, hey, what can I be doing in my life every day to be growing my kids closer? And then later on it talks about, talk about them when you're at home, talk about them when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. I mean, That covers about everything in our normal day. Wherever you are, there's no reason for the gospel not to be involved. There's no place that you can go that you can say it's not important enough for the gospel, and there's no person you'll interact with who you can say is not good enough for the gospel. This is a broken, messy world. We've all sinned, and we were all condemned to die a sinner's death, and then we were saved by Jesus. And we're lucky now as Christians to share that with this broken world. And so I would just encourage you to really think about what can you do as a Christian to grow the faith of those around you. And we're going to get out of here a little early, but I'm just going to leave you with one more thing about what can we make sure that we are doing as Christians to live a life that glorifies God.
And this is it. It's simple. Be the blank that you're called to be. Obviously today, I mean, you can put father in there. Be the father you're called to be for your family. Be the father you're called to be for your friends. And even if you don't have kids or you know people who are married and don't have kids, still lead them. And if you, like I said, if you don't have kids and your friends do, think about it this way is that even though you might not have kids or they're not your kids, collectively as a church, we are responsible for raising everybody's kids. We are responsible for being the examples to all the kids that are in this church of what it means to be godly men and women. And so I would just encourage you to take that with you, that you think about what can I do to be the better, better husband, the better wife, the better son, daughter, father, mother, co-worker? What can I do to make sure that I am being that, what God's called me to be? So I just encourage you to take that with you, with your week, with your day, and you just always have that in the back of your head as you're thinking about any conversation you have, anybody you're interacting with is that, what can I be doing to make sure that you're going to see Jesus through our interaction? So as we wound up, wind up here, I just want to leave that with you. And I'll leave it up so you guys can look at it as we leave. But I'm just going to close this in prayer and just hope that we're able to challenge ourselves to grow closer to God through every interaction we have. So if you guys want to close with me in prayer, we'll get out of here. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you for the lives you've given us through the death of Jesus. And thank you for our fathers today as we're celebrating, whether it's in this physical location or if it's through the streaming services. Just thank you for our dads and just allow this day to be celebrated, but also allow for us to not lose the importance of putting God first and living that out as men and women of God, that we are taking every chance we have to lead our families. We are raising our kids to love you more than anything. And we are living lives that glorify you. I would just pray a blessing over this church as we go and as we live our lives that show the world we are Christians and that we don't let anything come between us and the gospel. And we are always there to lead and encourage and guide others to grow in our faith and just allow for your grace and your peace to be poured out on us as we leave. In your name, amen.